Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales. We believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children, and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids, and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I am also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We've included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Be sure to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter for the latest on the podcast. Today is part one of two, where we are talking to Misty Walker about her books. Over the next two weeks, you will hear about writing from a young age and binding her own books, speed writing through the first draft of her first book in six weeks, using her network of authors to get her book ready, catching the writing bug, learning different social medias for your books, her advice to be a little more intentional with marketing, picking your friends carefully in the industry, and getting lost in your story. Petrus Bikers an MMF dark MC romance. I thought I had nothing left to give. It took two dirty bikers to prove me wrong. Cameron Bigsby was in her third-year residency at UMC of Southern Nevada when her entire world was stripped from her. She was given a new name, Petra, and for two years she was made the property of the worst kind of men who abused her until she was nothing but an empty shell. Then... The Royal Bastards MC stepped in and saved her. Sly, club treasurer and resident hacker, and Moto, road captain and gearhead, were tasked with finding out who she was and what they should do with her. The woman was skittish, fragile, and addicted to God knows what, so luring information from her took... unique tactics. But as they coax her to health, they realize she's so much more than the timid dove they rescued. She's strong, intelligent, and sexy as hell. Suddenly, they aren't sure if making her remember is the best idea, because Petra belongs in the world of an MC. But Cameron Bixby doesn't. All right, so the podcast is Freya's Fairy Tales, and that is fairy tales in two ways. Fairy tales are something that we watched or read or had read to us when we were kids, also, the journey for you to spend weeks, months, or years working on your books to get to hold them in your hands is sort of like a fairy tale for you. So I like to start off with, what was your favorite fairy tale or other short story when you were a kid, and has that favorite changed as you got older? Oh, um, I, I think like most people my age, we just grew up on Disney, so I have... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I still have my collection of Disney books that I was read when I was younger. So, you know, Snow White and Beauty and the Beast and all of those um, were my favorites. Were they up. released? They released them in like a classics set, didn't mm -hmm. they? Yeah. 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 And they were like the matte covers with the pretty spines. And yeah, I kept all of those. Um, and my kids had them. But my kids didn't really like books very much. Still? So, still. <laughs> <laughs> my younger daughter, she'll she reads 
some, but my older daughter, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) So at what age did you start writing anything? Short stories, poems, actual novels? (laughs) I don't ever remember not writing, actually. Okay. Uh, I have books that I wrote probably fourth grade and up. Okay. Um, that I would write the stories, I would draw the pictures, and then I would um, use yarn and needles and bind <laughs> them together. You whole know? punch, you whole yeah, punch yeah. of pages. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. So I think I've always kind of had that knack, I guess. And so did you like continue to write or did you, because I know you didn't publish until a few years ago. So did you like keep writing or take a break after that? Um. I think after I graduated high school, uh, I did not have like the best support system. So I went, I went, I graduated high school early and moved out of my parents' house when the day after I turned 18. Okay. And so from then it was just like life hit, you know? Yeah. And um, things like writing and, you know, anything for any kind of pleasure just kind of went out the window um and was replaced with like work and all the fun things that we love to do (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) figuring out how to survive um and then you know after that it was kids and babies and that kept me but it was um when both of my kids I think my youngest was in fifth grade or something and I was sitting at home and I was like well everything's done what do I do you know I mean they're mostly taking care of themselves at that point so yeah yeah and so then I just kind of got to think about like what I wanted to do I was a huge reader obviously at that point so Uh um, and I was working for authors doing PA work and I was working for an audiobook company doing audiobook proofing and that just kind of seemed like a natural shift yeah mm-hmm. and so you when you were a kid these little yarn things were obviously not full-length novels so your no. first your first like full-length actual novel for grown-ups um how long did it take you to write the first one whether you published that first one or not how long did it take you to write it Um, not very long because once I just made the decision, Uh it was like a fire, you know, (laughs) was burning and I just had to get it. I had to get it done. And I just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And I don't know, it probably took me six weeks, maybe. Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely one of the shorter timeframes I've heard. (laughs) I talked to a lady earlier today who said like 25 years. So. Oh. <laughs> so you spend not a whole lot of time writing the book. What did you kind of do once you had the first draft done? What was the next step that you took? Because you had a little bit of an advantage having done the PA stuff already. Didn't yeah, I, mean, yeah. I would think. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, being already having... Uh, already having close some close relationships with some authors um but I was I was scared you know mm-hmm. because I I want somebody to read it but I also did not absolutely <laughs> <did> not. <laughs> so um 
I just kind of sat on it and read, you know, read through it a million times and made changes. And eventually I gave it to an author friend of mine. And I was like, listen, I need to know if this sucks. Please be as honest (laughs) as you possibly can. Like, do not let me send this into the world and have it be the worst thing you've ever read. Right. Uh, and you know, she said that she thought it was good and she thought I should publish. And so I went hunting for an editor and that was that. So you, at that point, did you like go through like a beta reader process or anything? Or was that author kind of your, your beta reader of sorts? Um, I did have after, I, I wouldn't send it to anybody else until after an editor had been through it. Okay. <laughs> I was I was very nervous about that but then after that I did send it to like um you know I I had I was involved with a blog so um I sent it to a, a few friends um and a few other readers that I had known beta read for the authors that I was uh-huh. for um yeah but only after it went through the editor <laughs> that was too scary so you got it out there. You got opinions on it. I kind of did the same thing, but I only did it with like, I think the first chapter. <laughs> I sent it to a couple authors I'd narrated for. I was like, can you please tell me if this sucks or not? Because I don't want to keep working on this if it's awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so not a whole book, crazy. just like a chapter. <laughs> I'm like, please tell me if this sucks or not. <laughs> <laughs> so you you get it ready to go. And then what did you kind of do with it at that point? This was, I know I recently came across a video of yours that you said a couple of years ago is when you started all this. So what year was all of this? I didn't, I'm not even sure. It, it was maybe <laughs> 2018, okay. 2017. Okay. Probably 2017. And so you, you got it ready. Did you try to like query it at all or did you... I didn't because I was only involved with um, indie authors. Okay. So you already kind of knew that part of things. Yeah. And so I just went straight to indie publishing. I've talked to enough authors on here that have queried and watched enough authors on TikTok. I had no desire to spend any time doing that at all. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, we'll just just self-publish and (laughs) not spend however long because some of those I mean some people spend years years, just querying I'm like Mm -hmm. no no I have no desire for that (laughs) like sounds like a lot of effort for possibly no return ever so no nah (laughs) yeah well and um I guess it was just like a process that I was familiar with Mm -hmm. it just seemed easier I guess and maybe that's like the lazy way of looking at it, but it did. It just seemed easier because I already knew how to do it, I guess. And so I had when, no idea how to query or, you know, right. find an agent or anything. Well, I talked to someone recently too, that was like each agent had like their own like form that they wanted you to use and like all of this. I'm like, that's a lot to keep track of. Yeah. Every agent's like specific, you know, format of how to do the query. I'm like, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. So you get it ready, and then what did you do with it next? Um, I published it, and that was vindicated. Um, 
and that's still available now. Uh, I have not read it. Have, <laughs> how many books have you published? Uh, my first one comes out in two weeks. So. Oh, really? oh, it's not even out. That's exciting. No. Are you freaking out? <laughs> uh, a little bit. I, uh, in the last couple days, made the decision to out my pseudonym to everybody. <laughs> so that'll be tomorrow's adventure. <laughs> Oh wow. I'm like, let's see. I've I've been using Freya Victoria for a year. Well, I started January of last year using Freya Victoria, so January 22. Um, have told very few people that that's the name that I've been narrating under, but at this point I've narrated 70 audiobooks under this name. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm publishing books under this name and like I've mentioned that I've written books and I've done all this and um, but just most people don't know what name I've done it under. So I'm finally like, you know what? I have several people that know that are willing to support me in all this. And I'm like, I just don't. There's a whole lot of people that I know would be supportive if they knew about it. And I'm like, I feel like I'm being, you know, kind of mean to them, not letting them have the opportunity when I'm worried about the very few that are going to be a pain in my butt. So oh, yeah, <laughs> my mom and my sister both know already and they're like we can't post on our facebooks we just want to post on our facebooks <laughs> oh they're so proud of you yeah so i'm like okay i will you know we're about two weeks from launch i'm like and at this point at the point that this episode airs will be several months past book one being out probably close to book two being out so uh, i'm like yeah let's just get it over with you know rip the band-aid off be done with it <laughs> yeah i um I grew up in a, like a very religious household and a lot of my family is very, very religious. Um, so I was nervous what they would say or think or, you know, mm -hmm. I was very nervous about it. My, my mom and my sister were like right behind me. Um, but in my family, they were fine with it in the end, but that it was scary. It was scary to like come clean and be like, I did something. <laughs> well, my mom said yesterday, she was like, um, something about uh the eighth mile Eminem's movie. She's like, you yeah. know, look at like, you know, he kind of outed himself to everybody just to be the one in charge of the narrative instead of letting someone else. And like I recently had someone from my real life find my author TikTok page, and I'm like, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before everyone knows anyways. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, it's a romance. It's a fantasy romance. Fantasy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you get the first book out there. Did you tell everybody at that point or did you wait to tell everyone in your life at that point? I think I waited until after I had published. Okay. Um, I think I told like a couple people in my real life, but not many um, until after the first book was out. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't like wait until you had like all <laughs> every single book. Like, I'm going to wait till I have 20 books out or anything like that. <laughs> no, no. Uh -uh. No, I didn't do that. I did. I did end up saying something just because um, I don't use a pen name. Mm -hmm. I use my real name. And uh, the way social media works is 
they're going to link you to yeah (laughs) and they were going to find it eventually so um yeah well that's up to this point I've been very careful um I don't cross post my TikToks I I post the ones like for the podcast that's just like the words and us talking but I don't cross post any with my face on it up to this point so I'm like making work a lot harder for myself by not (laughs) having this because I can't just reuse the videos everywhere right now um so I'm like man it'll be so much easier when I can use my narrating clips and all that across everything (laughs) yeah so you know it is what it is my legal name is very complicated to say though so it is nice to have like a name that's easier for people to pronounce (laughs) attached to my books so (laughs) And if anyone ever background checks me for whatever reason, they won't be able to connect the two. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So you got the first book out. How long was it before you wrote the next one? Did you immediately start into book two or did you kind of wait a while? I think I started book two before book one had been published all the way. Okay. Just because, like, I feel like once you start, you know, writing and getting into the process, like, it's like you catch a bug and you just want to do it <laughs> again and again. And, um, yeah, and I, I did. I released multiple times a year for a few years um, up until recently. I, I slowed down quite a bit. <laughs> but you do... I mean, you have a lot of books out now, so you're doing a lot of like, you know, packaging up orders and that's the videos I usually see of yours is the packaging ones. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people see. Um, Yeah, especially once I started writing my biker books, because I think I kind of found like my sweet spot, you know, Mm -hmm. and those are just so much fun for me to write that it's like, and this is my full time job. So um I'm able to devote quite a bit of time to it. Um, yeah, it just, it's exciting for me. It's fun. It's not a job, I guess. I feel yeah. like a lot of authors go through that, like trying to find their genre, like the one that <laughs> finally clicks, or there are authors that just write in different genres because they like it. <laughs> so you put all these books out there. Was there any, because you were PAing for authors who I'm sure were using pseudonyms, was there ever a, a did you take a vote on what name to put all these under? Or did you know from the beginning you were going to use yours? I, the the issue that I struggled with that was that um, because I had been blog, you know, a book blogger and working with authors under my real name, um, I didn't want to do a pen name and then have nobody know that it was me. Mm-hmm. When I already had built this like audience of potential readers, you know, Mm -hmm. with my social media and it just felt like starting over and like trying to convince people to go and follow me here and, you know, just seemed like kind of a wasted opportunity for me. So Mm -hmm. I, I never debated using a pen name and honestly, like I, um, I struggle with like even keeping my own stuff together like I can't imagine (laughs) trying to um keep two identities together I guess (laughs) it's 
weird. <laughs> yeah. So, because yeah. so I have like my day job still. Um, so like my day job, I obviously operate under my legal name. And so like that is how and I've been involved with that company since I was like 13. So like that's most people know me as my legal name. Um, and then when I started into like narrating and stuff, um, I have a different pseudonym that I narrate. Uh, I have two other podcasts under and I narrated like nonfiction at the very beginning. Yeah. And then when I jumped over into like spicier fiction books, that's when this name started. <laughs> so then when I started writing my own stuff, I was like, I'm not going to build up another name. Like, no, we're going to keep it under this one. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like I my own imagine. stuff. I cannot imagine. Under my legal name, like I don't have a bunch of followers or anything like that under that. So it didn't hurt me at all to like, you know, build these other platforms. But like the other name that I used to narrate under that, there's not followers on that. There is no following <laughs> for that name at all. My podcast does really well, but like the persona for that, no. No, it's Freya Victoria has always been like the, the biggest name of of the three. <laughs> so Did you enjoy narrating nonfiction. Do what? Did you enjoy narrating nonfiction? No. <laughs> it's <laughs> so um I started and I didn't start with any coaching or anything like that. It was like I'm scrolling through TikTok trying to like make extra money from home. And I'd done a bunch of like typing stuff before. And it's like a lot of work for not a lot of pay. Yeah. I was like, I don't really want to do that again. So I'm like scrolling through TikTok with like hashtag work from home and stumble across become an audiobook narrator, make a thousand dollars an hour. And so I then searched for audiobook narrators on TikTok and found like Natalie Nottis and a couple other ones that had recently done like walkthroughs of how to get started. And so I started auditioning. It took me like a week to get not this booth. I was in a closet originally. Um, it took me about a week to get it up to where like I could record in there. And I just started auditioning for everything. And nonfiction is what was hiring me. So it was like, I'm going to take it because it pays. <laughs> and, right. then, and then I upgraded my equipment really quickly. Um, and then like... I started in September and then in like January is when I landed my first fiction. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Now that's all that I do. So oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't even I think the beginning of last year is when I did my last nonfiction. And now they're like, you sound too fantasy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm OK with that. Yeah, you're like, I'm going to take that compliment. Yeah, and yeah. Stay you know, in that lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do. I do mostly fantasy now. I did recently do a rom com though that was super super fun. Um, I just have this like very snarky attitude. So we're like a lot of narrators have these like meeker like YA voices. I'm like that will ne I will never land those roles ever. <laughs> like snarky, sarcastic. Those are big personalities. Those are the ones I get. So. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome though. So now you somehow got audiobooks out there. How did that come about? Well, I worked for um, an audiobook company for many years. I actually worked for a couple, um, but the last one that I worked for, um, I was still working and writing at the same time. So I was, mm -hmm. working, you know, doing both things. Um, and she is such a supporter and she's just been so amazing to me that um, she's really, really worked with me on getting 
some audiobooks out. Um, she published, pub, uh, no, she purchased the rights to one of my books and she's, um, yeah, she's been very, very generous with me as far as getting them out. So, um, but actually the, the next one that I release in my biker series will be the first one that I have financed completely on my own. So <laughs> yay, <laughs> we're getting places eventually we'll get all of them out, but they're a big expense so I I got mine done for free (laughs) yeah because you can do it yourself hey I'm like as I'm narrating (laughs) for the most part my book is from the female's point of view um but there was like there's like a chapter and then half of another chapter where I was like this can't be this has to be from his point of view so for the most part it's all female and I'm like, I'm not going to hire another narrator for like a chapter and a half. So yeah. <laughs> like, I'll just, I'll just do it myself. It's fine. I I do dual POV. The rom-com I just did was dual POV where it was like back and forth and back and forth. So yeah. I'm like, you know, I'll do whatever the author that's paying me wants. <laughs> so <Yeah>. I'm <laughs> like, at the end of the day, that that's what it is. It's whatever the person paying you wants right. is what you're going to do. If they want a second person involved, as long as they're paying for it, that is what they're going to get. So mm-hmm. up to this point, I, I do all the dual and I don't know what it's called when you have three. I've done many points of view by myself. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I'm like, I'll do whatever you want to throw at me. I'm good. I'm good. Just tell me if this person's going to be a major point of view in a later book at the beginning of the series. Because if I give them some voice that is going to just be awful to sustain, (laughs) I'd rather (laughs) know that up front. (laughs) I've proofed a couple audiobooks that are multiple POVs and... Um, narrators have given each one different voices mm-hmm. that is such a nightmare to proof because you have to remember what the voices voice is for yeah. each POV and I, I can't even imagine narrating something like that <laughs> well and that's that's when I do multi POV that is what I do I change the voices yeah. as I go so it's interesting <laughs> Yeah. I have I keep character like voice files so that I can reference it all the time. Um, so anytime I like change, I'm always like referencing. What did that person sound like again? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'll be narrating. And I'm like, I think I slipped into this other character's voice. <laughs> I can imagine that gets so confusing. I mean, it's the same as when you're writing a book and you accidentally slip like the I'm working on my first novella now. Um, and there's one character that he's just an asshole. And occasionally I'll find myself accidentally writing his, like his voice on, like, say, the female's yeah. chapters. And she's not that way. And you're like, that's not something she would say. I mean, it's the, the same thing. It's just yeah. voice instead of writing. Yeah. It's a very weird world. <laughs> it's a weird world, isn't it? <laughs> so what are some big things that you've learned? Because you have quite a few books out now. What are some big things that you've learned kind of as you've put more and more books out there? Um, I think I've learned to um, take take some time with things. Um, definitely uh, do a lot more behind the scenes work because I think when I first started publishing I was just like go 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 get them out because you know 
everybody says you, you're not going to be making money unless you have a backlist. You have to have a backlist. You have to have a backlist. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I've got to get some books out. I've got to, you know, build up my backlist. And I think now I do more work on the back end as far as like promotion and um, getting people excited. And I think um, that's a big thing that I've learned. Um, what else have I learned? <laughs> so how has the shift, because TikTok would not have been a thing at the beginning. What was the platform you mostly promoted on like when you started versus when you shifted? It was just Facebook, a little bit of Instagram uh, when I first started, but it was mostly just Facebook. Um, that's pretty much, and you know, bloggers, that, that was the big thing, you know, you had to mm-hmm. have a PR team with you had to get bloggers and that was like how everybody found out about your books um obviously all of that kind of changed with TikTok <laughs> and it was almost an overnight shift i feel like it was so such a weird sudden shift yeah i i joined in 2019 oh so you were early I was early. Yeah, very early. Um, I mostly joined because my kids, you know, they wanted to have TikTok. Well, they were, they had Musical.ly back when it was Musical.ly. And so I just joined to kind of like keep an eye on them. Uh And then um, once 2020 hit and more people started getting on is when I started like posting videos and I had found like, the book community, it wasn't even book talk back then. It was just like, I don't know, 30 of us maybe <laughs> talking books every day. And it was more like just talking with your friends, you know, mm-hmm. because there was just a small little group of us that were posting about books at the time. Um, but then overnight, like you said, overnight, it just blew up with, the, you know, promoting books and finding bookish people so yeah it's been it's been good to me I went from 30 to I don't I think it's if you search book talk I think it's got like several billion hits of people that have hashtagged book talk at this point in time yeah insane insane yeah for sure it's crazy it's awesome though um I feel like I hit kind of different audiences with each different social media. Uh-huh. So, you know, Facebook, it's um, kind of like my, all of my OG kind of people. Um, and then Instagram, you know, that's like the people that want everything pretty. And- <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, when I watch reels on Instagram versus like TikTok videos, I'm like, it's so, <laughs> it's so aesthetic. <laughs> like, so aesthetic. Or my- exactly why I have never done reels. Well I'm not an aesthetic person at all. My sister at one point was like, you know, I think... And this was so funny because I have way more followers than she has. But she was like, I think you would do better if you like would like wear makeup every day when you're like doing your videos. And I'm like, oh, honey, you've clearly never seen the book talk people because like, no. 
I mean, there are some. There are some that show up, you know, with their nails done and their makeup done and all of this. And then there's like the majority of the community that's like, here's a filter because I'm in a bathrobe. Like, right, right. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing is that like, it's such an everyday thing. You know, you're communicating with people every single day. And who wants to like get fully ready and <laughs> yeah, aesthetic like at six o'clock in the morning you know I'm like I'm doing too many things for that I'm like at let's see six o'clock in the morning I get up and then I record podcasts and then I do my day job and then I narrate and then I write <laughs> like when when would I have time for that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so you've so you're still posting on uh, multiple platforms you didn't like <laughs> just forget everything <laughs> I I employ people now to do a lot of it. TikTok's one that I have to do myself. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do actually have help with that one too. So um, I employ a couple different people to keep my social medias going. I guess Instagram is the only one that I fully do myself. Okay. Everything else I have help with. Um, yeah, yeah. But I post on Instagram like once a month or something. So <laughs> if if I'm left to my own devices, it would not get done. That's why I have to have people. <laughs> I got in a habit pretty early on. So when I started the podcast, because it was like I kind of added things on over time. So like I started narrating. And I think when I started, I don't I had TikTok. I don't remember posting a lot on TikTok though. I would post like stuff from my other podcast. And so I would post these like little snippets from the podcast <laughs> and like just random like, hey, happy Thursday stuff. In fact, my mom at one point asked if I was paying someone because they were so generic. The <laughs> post. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I type those every day. Thank you. <laughs> so, but like when I started, um, I did the most time consuming thing ever. And I would go to each platform's scheduler like directly. <laughs> to Mm -hmm. schedule because I'm like it's free if you use like Facebook business suite to schedule your posts and then I was like this is exhausting to go to all these places and then I paid for a scheduler where I could load all my accounts in one place oh that's nice and that's that's really when I started actually promoting the narrating and all of that um yeah and I still do the same thing I just loaded all my author accounts into there like a month ago so that I could start like (laughs) posting on the author accounts um, oh, I can't imagine the amount of time you have to spend doing that. <laughs> it's really, with the schedulers, it's really like 20 to 30 minutes in the morning. So, like, that is my, I guess, makeup time is me doing yeah. my scheduling of posts for the day. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, a lot of them, like, the videos for the podcasts are all auto-generated. So I just have to download them and then upload them to the social media um, so sometimes you get really weird clips because I didn't generate them. It was <laughs> <laughs> someone else that did Somebody it. Else decided. <laughs> well, it's it's uh um the website. It's like an AI of some sort that like listens to it and picks the sections. So like I don't know. Sometimes it's really weird sections. So, like for this one, sometimes I have to like re-pick the audio because I'm like that's a really stupid <laughs> stupid thing <laughs> for my daily fiction one I'm like eh whatever part it wants to pick I don't care <laughs> like <laughs> it's gonna pick whatever it wants and I don't want to mess with it so because it's mm-hmm. a daily podcast and I don't want to mess with it daily like just download whatever's there <laughs> and put it where oh, I need gosh. to 
You're pretty incredible because I don't know how you would do this daily and <laughs> do all of the other things too. Like that's I'm, pretty crazy. I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even realize. So like I knew because I listened to podcasts before I started doing podcasts. Um, and so like I knew that there weren't a lot of daily ones out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like August of last year, we went, me and my mom, I made my mom go with me because I didn't want to go by myself. Um, went to a podcast conference and I found out that only like 3% of podcasts are daily or something. It was like some super small percentage. And they were like, basically, if you have a daily podcast, you're, you know, in the top whatever of crazy people, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I've been going, that's been going for over two years now. And I have like, almost 50,000 downloads on it. So I'm like, hey, if any, if any, you know, self-published author had 50,000 downloads in two years, we would be (laughs) ecstatic. Uh I'm like, I just keep going. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's great. Good for you. Yeah, I don't. And then like, you know, people now like my ARC team, will be like, I have no idea how you do it. And I'm like, well, you have to remember, like, I've added things slowly over time. I didn't just, like, suddenly pile all this stuff on. (laughs) So um, I started the narrating and the podcasting about the same time. Um, But then the author stuff I didn't add until, like, I had those things down. So... (laughs) And I don't, I don't write, I will never be a person that releases, like, a book a month or a book a quarter. I mean, it'll be randomly, hey, a book's done. Here you guys go. (laughs) So... Yeah, I'm that way too. I um I've tried hard to like schedule in advance, like look at my year and be like, okay, what's realistic for me? We can release on this day and this day and this day. And this is when I was like getting involved with author worlds, right? Uh-huh. Um, and you had to stick with a schedule because they give you the day that you have to release. And I'm just so bad at that. Um. I, I can't do that. Like, I have to be like you, like I'm when the book is done, it's done. And here it is. And <laughs> now I did schedule. I was. Let's see it. What phase did I schedule? When I was about 75 percent of the way through, I scheduled my editor. And that's when I kind of tentatively picked my release date. So like, I kind of knew like, oh, it'll take me. Um, as I was like bringing on beta readers um, and building my ARC team and doing like all of this stuff, I kind of had an idea. I had asked them on my application, like, hey, which the thing I accidentally sent you <laughs> was my oh, original yeah. application. Um, but the I asked them, like, hey, how long does it take you to read, you know, say a 300 page book just to get an idea? Because I'm like, I don't know how long it takes <laughs> normal people. Yeah. Um I know I can generally read really fast if I'm not doing anything else that day. But um, so I kind of had an idea like, oh, it's going to take like two to four weeks for them to get through the beta reading process. And I scheduled the editor. And yeah, and then I kind of knew, oh, you need to get it to ARC readers. Um, I talked to someone who said about a month ahead of time. So that's what I've scheduled everything. I don't know. And then we're here now. So yeah. <laughs> So I had it scheduled a few months ago, but I was only working on one book at like, I didn't even start writing the first novella until like book one was done with edits. So 
and now I'm uh, Monday, I finished narrating it. So it's all coming out about the same time. <laughs> so you're going to release and release your audiobook. You're going to at the same time. Yes. I don't know if that'll be able to happen for future books because it'll depend on my other narrating schedule. But for this one, it worked out where I was able to shuffle things around to get them out at the same time. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, you know, commit to dates when I schedule, you know, when I get contracts on audiobooks, you commit to when you're going to have them done. So my options are, you know, record things faster than I would like to and spend more time in the booth or my audiobooks might get done late. And that is what it is. <laughs> so yeah. I record on weekends or something. I don't like to do audiobooks on weekends, um, but I could if I needed to. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I schedule my editor right. Well, probably closer, probably like, I don't know, 85% when I'm done with my, yeah, about 85%. And then I'll book my editor and thank God she works with me so well because, um, if I had a different editor, it would probably be like, yeah, I can get you in in three months. But thankfully, she sneaks me in places. Yeah, mine was <laughs> mine was pretty open as far as time frames go. She was not a like I, so I saw one. Um, I saw one yesterday on TikTok that was like, oh, I'm currently booking for like March. <laughs> I'm uh, like, uh. <laughs> I had it. My very first editor was like that. If I did not book with her at least six months in advance I wasn't getting my book done for another six months after it was done you know yeah Edited. so um yeah that's why I had to find a new editor not because I didn't like her just because I needed someone a little more flexible because I am yeah honestly at that point I would probably do what you're not supposed to do and be like I'm just gonna put it out there and I'll put the edited version up when it's done <laughs> Like, oh yeah <laughs> like maybe it cleaned up later <laughs> oh my gosh I could never I'm such a mess do you, I to this day I will never know where commas go I just <laughs> so I, I, I did get pro writing aid like super oh, early on so like yeah. I would I wrote um the way that I did book one and I'm doing book the first the next one is a novella I keep calling it it's like my second book but it's really like book one and a half of my series <laughs> so yeah. um but the way I did the first book I would write during the week and then I would put the chapters into pro writing aid on the weekend and then I would send those to my alpha reader and then once she got through we kind of discussed like or once I finished writing and she finished reading it um we kind of discussed like what characters needed more more because there was a couple characters where it was like they weren't in here enough it was just kind of like they were oddly like scattered in <laughs> so yeah. it's like okay so add more scenes with this person and this person and then I don't think there was any like overarching story problems it was just like hey these characters need to be there more yeah. um and then I added those scenes with those characters and then I threw it through Pro Writing Aid again, <laughs> and I sent it to beta readers. And then I did the beta reader edits, and I did it through Pro Writing Aid again. And then I sent it to the actually I had one more round with one of the beta readers read it a second time. And then I there were very few edits at that point. I was just like, I need someone now that I've done all these edits. I just need someone that's not me to just read through it really quick and make sure that we cleaned it up right. Yeah. <laughs> so. This next one, um, I'm waiting until I'm finished with the first draft before I send it to alpha readers. I have a second one that's going to work on it this time, too. 
And then I'm going to have two rounds of beta edits just to make sure we catch most everything. <laughs> so, and then it's going to go to the editor. So I just, it's like, you know, you got to learn your process that works best for you. And mm-hmm. I was like, I felt really bad the like one round of beta readers and then the one person who had to read it a second time right after. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm like, we're just going to plan two groups and then no one has to reread it immediately after they just read it. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. But it's hard to find your people like, you know, the right editor and the right proofreader if you use one. Um, it's taken me so long to find kind of my my right so my editor is basically an everything but developmental. So I mm-hmm. used the beta readers as essentially my developmental people. Mm-hmm. And then I had the editor for the editing. So she does the proofreading and the, what is it, proofreading and line editing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she does those things. But I got lucky. I narrated a couple books for her. And I knew that she did editing. And she was like, send me your stuff. So I had her do a sample edit. And I was like, okay, I think we'll work fine together. I know you. I trust you. We've already worked together before. So, and then I got lucky that she's not, you know, incredibly packed schedule for stuff. So, yeah, that is lucky. Uh, My proofreader takes longer than my editor, (laughs) surprisingly. And I get so frustrated at some time because like once I finish a book, I'm like, oh, I want everybody to read it. Oh, yeah. And then you hear back from your proofreader. OK, um, I'll have it back to you in six weeks. And you're like, huh. <laughs> you're like no, <laughs> yeah, I think it taught me to be patient. <laughs> Misty liked Snow White growing up. Today, we'll be reading another Grimm's Brothers story, The Dog and the Sparrow. The Dog and the Sparrow A shepherd's dog had a master who took no care of him, but often let him suffer the greatest hunger. At last he could bear it no longer, so he took to his heels, and off he ran in a very sad and sorrowful mood. On the road he met a sparrow that said to him, Why are you so sad, my friend? Because, said the dog, I am very, very hungry and have nothing to eat. If that be all, answered the sparrow, come with me into the next town and I will soon find you plenty of food. So on they went together into the town. And as they passed by a butcher's shop, the sparrow said to the dog, stand there a little while till I peck you down a piece of meat. So the sparrow perched upon the shelf. And having first looked carefully about her to see if anyone was watching her, she pecked and scratched at a stake that lay upon the edge of the shelf till at last down it fell. Then the dog snapped it up and scrambled away with it into a corner where he soon ate it all up. Well, said the sparrow, you shall have some more if you will. So come with me to the next shop and I will peck you down another steak. When the dog had eaten this too, the sparrow said to him, Well, my good friend, have you had enough now? I have had plenty of meat, answered he, but I should like to have a piece of bread to eat after it. Come with me then, said the sparrow, and you shall have that too. So she took him to a baker's shop and pecked at two rolls that lay in the window till they fell down. And as the dog still wished for more, she took him to another shop and pecked down some more for him. When that was eaten, the sparrow asked him whether he had had enough now. Yes, said he, and now let us take a walk a little way out of the town. 
so they both went out upon the high road. But as the weather was warm, they had not gone far before the dog said, I'm very much tired. I should like to take a nap. Very well, answered the sparrow. Do so, and in the meantime, I will perch upon that bush. So the dog stretched himself out on the road and fell fast asleep. Whilst he slept, there came by a carter with a cart drawn by three horses and loaded with two casks of wine. The sparrow, seeing that the carter did not turn out of the way, but would go on in the track in which the dog lay, so as to drive over him, called out, Stop, stop, Mr. Carter, or it shall be the worse for you. But the carter, grumbling to himself, You make it the worse for me indeed. What can you do? Cracked his whip and drove his cart over the poor dog, so that the wheels crushed him to death. There, cried the sparrow, Thou cruel villain, thou hast killed my friend the dog. Now mind what I say. This deed of thine shall cost thee all thou art worth. Do your worst and welcome, said the brute. What harm can you do me? And passed on. But the sparrow crept under the tilt of the cart and pecked at the bung of one of the casks till she loosened it. And then all the wine ran out without the carter seeing it. At last he looked round and saw that the cart was dripping and the cask quite empty. What an unlucky wretch I am, cried he. Not wretch enough yet, said the sparrow as she alighted upon the head of one of the horses and pecked at him till he reared up and kicked. When the carter saw this, he drew out his hatchet and aimed a blow at the sparrow, meaning to kill her, but she flew away and the blow fell upon the poor horse's head with such force that he fell down dead. Unlucky wretch that I am, cried he. Not wretch enough yet, said the sparrow, and as the carter went on with the other two horses, she again crept under the tilt of the cart and pecked out the bung of the second cask so that all the wine ran out. When the carter saw this, he again cried out, Miserable wretch that I am. But the sparrow answered, Not wretch enough yet, and perched on the head of the second horse and pecked at him too. The carter ran up and struck at her again with his hatchet, but away she flew and the blow fell upon the second horse and killed him on the spot. Unlucky wretch that I am, said he. Not wretch enough yet, said the sparrow. And perching upon the third horse, she began to peck him too. The carter was mad with fury and without looking about him or caring what he was about, struck again at the sparrow. But killed his third horse as he had done the other two. Alas, miserable wretch that I am, cried he. Not wretch enough yet, answered the sparrow as she flew away. Now will I plague and punish thee at thy own house. The carter was forced at last to leave his cart behind him and to go home overflowing with rage and vexation. Alas, said he to his wife, what ill luck has befallen me. My wine is all spilt and my horse is all three dead. Alas, husband, replied she, and a wicked bird has come into the house and has brought with her all the birds in the world, I am sure. And they have fallen upon our corn in the loft and are eating it up at such a rate. Away the husband ran upstairs and saw thousands of birds sitting upon the floor eating up his corn, with a sparrow in the midst of them. Unlucky wretch that I am, cried the carter, for he saw that the corn was almost all gone. Not wretch enough yet, said the sparrow. Thy cruelty shall cost thee thy life yet. And away she flew. And the carter, seeing that he had thus lost all that he had, went down into his kitchen and was still not sorry for what he had done sat himself angrily and sulkily in the chimney corner. But the sparrow sat on the outside of the window and cried, Carter, thy cruelty shall cost thee thy life. 
With that, he jumped up in a rage, seized his hatchet, and threw it at the sparrow. But it missed her and only broke the window. The sparrow now hopped in, perched upon the window seat, and cried, Carter, it shall cost thee thy life. Then he became mad and blind with rage and struck the window seat with such force that he cleft it in two, and as the sparrow flew from place to place, the carter and his wife were so furious that they broke all their furniture, glasses, chairs, benches, the table, and at last the walls, without touching the bird at all. In the end, however, they caught her. And the wife said, Shall I kill her at once? No, cried he. That is letting her off too easily. She shall die a much more cruel death. I will eat her. But the sparrow began to flutter about and stretch out her neck and cried, Carter, it shall cost thee thy life yet. With that, he could wait no longer. So he gave his wife the hatchet and cried, Wife, strike at the bird and kill her in my hand. And the wife struck. But she missed her aim and hit her husband on the head, so that he fell down dead and the sparrow flew quietly home to her nest. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for the conclusion of Misty's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands and to hear another for favorite fairy tales.